drive deep left center field. It is high. Notice far. It is gone to the back row of the monster seats. It's Glaber Day. Barry Trump Jr. is also in the game. Robinson! Oh, what a catch! And flush! Spectacular play from Mitchell Robinson. Darnold swings it downfield. Welcome back to the Shoeless Joe's podcast, soon to be the podcast heard around the world. This episode today is going to be a little different. Uh, We're not going to be reporting on much news, uh, not talking about current events. We're more going to share our thoughts, our ideas on the current landscape of sports. It's Isaiah. And Mike. And like Isaiah said, you know, we're switching up from our usual formula. I mean, what happened in sports this week? We have the Rays and the Dodgers facing off in the World Series. The Giants finally win a game. The Jets finally continued losing, and the, NBA <laughs> and the NBA season is over. But we're not going to talk about any of it besides what I just did right there. Um, so this episode's going to be a little bit different. We we came up with some creative ideas in our pre-production meetings, you know, trying to <laughs> yes. up, up at the drawing board. board. <laughs> a lot of things were erased from the drawing board, but we left <laughs> one thing, and that's this is this episode, and that's our hot takes episode. So basically, we came up with three with three hot takes for each different segment we have, and obviously we, with a hot take, our goal is to have an opinion or a sports opinion that not many people share or it might just be ridiculous. So our three categories today are the NBA, the NFL, and we threw in a little random miscellaneous category just for any any out uh, any outstanding takes that we had left. So I think this should be a good episode, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. No, yeah, we're definitely here to ruffle some feathers, say some things that people might not like, might not agree with, uh, but obviously that's cause for you guys to get back at us. Tell us you disagree, or if you do agree, and you are part of the majority that we're trying to appeal to today. Um, we did we did come up with three topics for the NBA, the NFL, and then that miscellaneous topic that Mike talked about, where um, I guess we can go anywhere we want in the miscellaneous. So a more broad, you know, spectrum of sports that we could talk about. I'll start it off. I'll kick it off. Um, I'll start off with an NBA hot take. With the signing of head coach Doc Rivers, I believe the Philadelphia 76ers will rise out of the Eastern Conference next year to the NBA Finals. I think I'm already a big fan of Ben Simmons. Uh, because when I go to play recreational basketball, people call me him all the time. <laughs> and I don't really look like him, but that's up for you guys to decide when we do reveal our faces. Um, Mike, what also, do you think? You think I look like Ben Simmons? I don't know. I've heard I've heard you look like Jason Tatum. Is that, is that, is that true? <laughs> I've been mistaken for Jason. Can we do a story time real quick? Story time real quick. I went to a Nike outlet um, with my friends at a mall. Michael Charles, were you there? You were there. I was there. You were there. You were there. Um, and so I walk in. This is right when Jason Tatum got drafted out of Duke. And I mean, I didn't even have a nice cut then. And Jason Tatum is known for having those those good lineups. Anyway, um, I walk into the store with my Valley Stream South gear. Shout out Valley Stream South, my alma mater. Shout out Falcons. <laughs> Go Falcons. Um, I walk in with I walk in with like gear from the basketball team there on. 
And this lady who works at Foot Locker, I mean, not at Foot Locker, at the Nike outlet, who obviously doesn't know that much about basketball <laughs> and hasn't watched Jason Tatum play a day in her life, um, comes up to me and like almost whispers to me and goes, yo, you're that NBA player, right? You just got drafted. And I was like, oh, what? I, I was did. like, nah, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I was like, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. And I kept walking, but she kept following. And so um, the rest of you guys told me to just play, play it up. And she ended up taking a picture with me as if I was really Jason Tatum. Um, but I look nothing like Jason Tatum. So that was weird. All right. Done with that story time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the 76ers coming out of the East. Um, ben Simmons, whose play style I love. And if people are comparing me to playing like Ben Simmons, then that I can appreciate. But I don't think I look like him. Um, and then Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons was missing this year in the bubble. And so, um, that team did lose, even though, um, like they don't, they didn't have that much, but they lost some close games in the bubble, I would say. And Joel Embiid put up big numbers. And I think with Ben Simmons there, I think that combo, even though they may not get along that well, from what we've heard, I think Doc Rivers is the guy to like put everyone in that team on check and force like the best out of players and out of guys. Um, I don't blame him for, I, we've talked about this already on the podcast. I do not blame him for what happened with the Clippers. Um, Paul George came out and said the bubble had gotten to him and Kawhi Leonard seemed very distressed and he did have to carry the team a lot. So that was a completely different subject where like that team didn't have the chemistry. There were a lot of things wrong with that team, them being so brand new. This team having been together before, um, through a Jimmy Butler who has wrecked a couple teams <laughs> in his NBA career. Um, however, he's still a good player and just took his team to the um, to the finals. So that's a lot to be said about Jimmy Butler. But I think the 76ers will come out of the East next year. That's an interesting take. Um, I, I Wait, where I would think, you rank that? Would you rank that a hot, a cold, or a lukewarm? I think from a talent perspective, it's not a hot take. But I think from making the talent work, together perspective it might be a hot take um just because of i think how the roster is constructed right now like i think that trying to figure out what they're going to do with tobias harris and al horford um and seeing if they can move off those contracts to build the edges of their roster is a a must happen move for them but if there's if they're there hopefully they can learn how to shoot a basketball again (laughs) um and speaking of learning how to shoot a basketball that ben simmons guy yeah, he still hasn't done it yet. So, unless Doc is going to show up and <laughs> and magically hand him a jump shot, then I I don't. I mean, I, it limits them and it makes him have to be a lot more creative with the way he coaches, runs his schemes. But I mean, from a talent perspective, they have the talent to do it. Um, another question with Philly is always just Embiid and Simmons' health, but also how invested Embiid is, and the jury's still out, honestly, on if he's a winning player or not. So. Time will tell, but I think that's a great hot take to start this episode. Um, my first NBA hot take is the one that maybe Isaiah agrees with. I know some Knicks fans agree with it, um, and it's not exactly about the Knicks, but it kind of is. Um, <laughs> okay. And that is Kristaps Porzingis is not a max player. That's my hot take. Um, I think that for, for Porzingis, of course, he's going to take his max, and for Dallas, who needs a number two for Luka, the, I think they were willing to give him the money, but if we look, if we're looking at a player who, at points in the playoffs, was unplayable in the pick and roll, getting absolutely lit up, um, and when he gets ejected slash injured, 
they they actually come like they were when he got ejected from game one. They were down by like eight or ten, and they they cut they like tied the game basically at some point in the fourth. He missed a game, and they still there was a game that Luca hit that game winning shot, but they still like didn't seem to miss him that much. Um, and I feel like they're like. Then he goes into the offseason with the torn meniscus. He already has, at 7'3", he's already had every lower leg injury that you could possibly imagine. Um, and now you, you're, a lot of it, like, obviously when he's healthy, that's a different thing. But from just a strictly availability standpoint, at age 25, he's only played in about 60% of the eligible games that he's been able to play. And when you take that into account and considering the performances that we saw, obviously he he was lighting it up, right? But how much was that actually contributing to winning is a different story. So if you've taken that into account, especially like with the way that he could be exploited in pick and rolls on the perimeter and the fact that the biggest factor in this whole take is the fact that you don't pay somebody five years, $158 million to pay, to play half of those games. Um, especially if you play in Madison square garden, but that's a, right. you, guys, you guys know my opinion on that. Um, so <laughs> what are your thoughts on Chris Stasper's and being a mid-level exception player? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I would, I would rate this tank maybe lukewarm. I'm sure there's a lot of people who believe, um, Kristaps is a talent, um, deserving of maybe a max. Um, but once you factor in the injuries and even like you said, they didn't miss him a lot when he was gone. And also while he was there, he was, he wasn't shooting great percentages. Like he was scoring, but he wasn't like hitting on a lot of his shots, so he seemed to be out of rhythm. He seemed to be bricking a lot. You know how many memes I saw this year of, like, after a Mavericks game? Like, you know those games where it's, like, they're being sarcastic and it was, like, oh, Jason Tatum, I mean, or, like, whoever. It was, like, it was like Chris was putting yeah, yeah, yeah. like, seven points, <laughs> three for 13. <laughs> Six fouls, dude. I love those. I saw so many Porzingis ones this year, and it made me so happy. because Oh, like, yeah, he was, he was putting up numbers, because you're a hater. He was putting up numbers, but, like, like shooting like a, at a low percentage for a guy his size, you know, should be shooting. Um, so yeah, so with the injuries and all, I mean, standing on his last leg, if he even has one, he's he's not <laughs> worth a max. He, I don't think he's really worth a max. And if um, he has one, it has a torn meniscus and a torn ACL, so. <laughs> or or it's about to tear. Or um, got into a bar fight and lost in last year. <laughs> And what happened to his eye? What happened to his eye? Did anyone see the video? What happened to his eye? Also made a sexual assault allegation disappear. Jesus. All right. All right. right. You you can hate the guy, but hate him from the basketball courts, bro. No, 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 no. Don't leave the courts with it. When when you're paying somebody a max contract, all those things (laughs) have to be taken into account. Sure, sure. They do. They do. They do. All right. I'd agree. Are we we going another NBA take next, or are we going NFL? Um. We can go NFL. All right. You want to start? Um, sure. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, so many takes to choose from. <clears throat> Not so many, just three. <laughs> uh, all right, that take is good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit. I, I, how about this? I think Derrick Henry will be this year's MVP. I think the fourth running back to do so. And uh, I'll say that because of this. One, I needed a hot take, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's number one. Um, he hasn't put up that many touchdowns. And, of course, to beat out a quarterback who um, can always put up numbers statistically, 
from that position, you have to put up astronomical numbers. Uh, Derrick Henry this year leads the league in rushing yards. Um, and I think he has six touchdowns on the year. Yeah, he only has six touchdowns on the year. Um, so I don't know if that'll really get it done. Also, that the Titans being undefeated um, would play a big role in him getting that. However, his quarterback seems to be playing outstanding football as well. Yeah, um, in a good, yeah, 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 in a good system with Ryan Tannehill um, balling out. Uh, former Miami Dolphin Ryan Tannehill. No, at least, at least from the Adam Zace. Um, no, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be tough, but I think Derrick Henry, um, from what we've seen so far, from this um, you know, post COVID, um, NFL season, he obviously looks like the best running back in the NFL, especially after Ezekiel Elliott fumbled two times in a game yesterday against the Arizona Frank, Cardinals. Frank Gore looks pretty good recently. Yeah, shut up about that. Um, down <laughs> with the cow, down with the Cowboys. Um, what a, Michael P. Ryan? He looked yeah. good. <laughs> he looked good. <laughs> Wait, my fault. No Jets. No Jets. No Jets. So that's actually, Joe Flacco ran for the most yards because he ran straight backwards. I don't even that's understand why this guy, Mister Rizzo, would even shout out such a mediocre quarterback. <laughs> he probably was the king of his school. Yeah, at Delaware. I hope so. Oh Jesus! Dude, you saw he's twentieth all time in passing yards. Is he really? Like he, he's between. I think he's between Joe Namath and Johnny Unitas, like right in the middle. Jeez, like, he just doesn't belong there. That makes no sense at all. I mean, guys would just stay in the league, put up numbers like that. That's my that's my hot take. Joe Flacco is twentieth. Oh, no. um, <laughs> Joe Flacco um, should be an NFL Hall of Fame. Um, but on your take, um, I do like. I don't know. I do definitely think that. He, he has a chance to win MVP this year because of the fact that, like, Mahomes has been Mahomes, but he hasn't been putting up exceptional numbers. Um, Josh Allen came back down to earth the last couple of weeks. Right. Same, same thing with Russell Wilson. Um, and, like, when, they, when they're when they on third down, if they give you a direct snap, you're, you must be kind of good at running back. So, and just to jump, throw your body aside. <laughs> but it's also, like, alarming because he's a wildcat. He's a big guy, and he literally just outran the entire defense on a 94-yard touchdown, and I just don't think that should be No, yeah, the combination of power and speed is unlike we've seen. I mean, like, we've seen guys like Bo Jackson, who was a multi-sport athlete, but, like, just physical specimens. Like, girls, guys like Herschel Walker, whose politics I don't agree with. Um, <laughs> Sorry to throw that in there. Uh, Herschel Walker, but Herschel Walker, um, also a physical specimen. Um, I also wanted to bring up about how um, uh, Russell Wilson is on a tear, and I guess everyone's favorite to win MVP, right? Um, with the Seahawks being five and zero after their bye week this week. I think Adam Gay should be MVP because <laughs> when you get Trevor Lawrence, it's like predetermined. I think if they fire Adam Gase, the Jets front office should win Most Valuable Front Office. I don't think they should fire him now at this point. You might as well just... Yeah, because he kept him. I don't know why they've kept him so long. Um, but I think Russell Wilson may... I think those Seahawks may like be on some kind of downturn, though. Um, especially with the couple teams they play next. They played the Dolphins, the Cowboys, whose defense is terrible. The Vikings, whose defense is terrible. Um, the Patriots put up a valiant effort against them. And then the Falcons were scoring, but that defense also is terrible. 
So they haven't faced that much competition. I think they play the Cardinals um, this coming week, who beat the Brakes off of Dallas this Monday. But um, I think them facing better competition, that defense in Seattle isn't that great. Uh, shout out Jamal Adams. Uh, I think maybe the Seahawks, like, they won't be as dominant um, after their bye. So... I agree, and also never shut out Jamal Adams again. <laughs> if Russell Wilson isn't playing that well, if Russell Wilson like can't will the team to wins, because basically, if you look at the stats, the offense has just been outplaying how terrible the defense is, and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is has <laughs> is having an um, MVP year, but I I don't know if he can keep that up, and if he can't keep that up, I guess that makes the case better for Derrick Henry. So shout out Derrick Henry. Props to Derrick Henry. That's what I want to say. Keep being great, man. Keep being great. Um, speaking of a future, another future NFL MVP. Um, this, <laughs> oh. this next hot take involves Sam Darnold boom, and Jeff Arion. Um, for now. <laughs> for for now, right? <laughs> and whatever team gives us a third round pick. Anyway. <laughs> um, I saw it on Twitter, and I think I figured I'd seal this as my take, but. I think that if Cleveland had selected Sam Darnold number one overall, while they have a three and two record right now, they could be a legitimate contender in the AFC with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mike, how could you say such a thing? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. He's asking himself questions. <laughs> um, if you look at Sam Darnold, he's been obviously handcuffed by the moron, uh, an offensive genius that is Adam Gase. Um, <laughs> moron slash genius. I think that Sam Darnold would kill, maybe metaphorically or literally, for a receiver as good as Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, as well as David and Joku. Um, I tried my hardest to hype up Chris Herndon, and uh, I don't know why I would do that because his Chris Herndon in the fourth is not as good as Chris Herndon in the third. So I don't really know where to go, but I do know that if roles were switched and they took Sam Darnold with those kind of weapons, uh, a better offensive line in the Jets, though not though not by much, but improving. I think Cleveland would have a whole different outlook and not though they're winning right now and having a decent campaign uh, question marks about if Baker is still that franchise guy. And I think those questions would be alleviated with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Mm. I agree uh, with the fire coming under Baker Mayfield as of recent. Um, you know, I would still say this is a, I would still say this is a hot take. This is a hot take because a lot of faith has also been lost in Sam Darnold for um, the travesty uh, being done to him by Adam Gase. But, I mean, the weapons with the Browns are great. And Sam Darnold does have all the intangibles, but I we would have to see it first, you know? What I mean, like, we, like, we don't know it. if Adam Gase has broken him necessarily you know there are guys who run who get run through systems run through playbooks Todd Bowles and Adam Gase and you know don't know how to play anymore going to the Browns like I don't know if Sam Darnold would be that this the guy he was supposed to be the guy coming out of USC you know you know you know what I'll say about that I think that's the next team's problem (laughs) (laughs) I know a long head fellow on his way to save the city. Yeah. And he will be playing in MetLife. And under the colors of the American flag. The red, white, and blue. 
we'll we'll see. The, the, sweeps, the sweepstakes are still on, buddy. Don't I don't know. know. Dude, if, if Darnold's not playing and Joe Flacco is running away from every opponent, I don't just – I think it might be secured. Um, oh, that's I mean, a, if Jameson before, Crowder can rack him up. Dude, before, before we transition, I've seen on Twitter Jets fans talking about, oh, if we should trade Sam Darnold now if a deal shows itself. And I said, well, no – you right. shouldn't because when you get the number two pick talk to and, him and Joe Flacco's playing quarterback again next year, you're gonna make one of the death even worse than you were this year. So you won't take Justin Fields? Uh oh, no. go ahead. Okay. No. <laughs> not a fan of the Ohio State quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Not not many of them are good. Oh all right. I'm talking about I'm referring to Ohio State, of course. No, 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 yeah. Like Terrell Pryor turned out great. Um <laughs> Did I um What's his name? Kimbo receiver too. Braxton Miller, right? Oh my god. Braxton Miller was an Ohio State quarterback. For the for the Texans. Wow. <laughs> All right. A wide out. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, All right. So to the illustrious category of miscellaneous. I have one that I think you'll enjoy for this one. Go ahead. Alrighty. Well, if this is a this is a topic never before discussed on the Shoes Just podcast, but that trend's be broken right now. Groundbreaking. Let's do this. Would you, would you like to know the sport? Sure. Golf. Oh. Referring to Tiger okay. Woods. Specifically. Oh. All right. Tiger Woods, Masters win, was the most impressive comeback in sports history. Oh. That's my take. And my reasons for this is is, is manyfold. Um, the, the injuries that he went through, the rehab he went through, so many times you've seen Tiger on the course. You know how, like, broken your body has to be to hit a golf ball and just collapse to the ground? Like, something is <laughs> catastrophically wrong. It's gotta be and then you get surgery to fix those problems, and you get addicted addicted to the drugs that uh, are <laughs> to fix the pain. And then, on top of that, uh, your ex-wife takes $500 million away from you. I don't think I'd ever hit a golf ball straight again. <laughs> but, but that man won the Masters, so... I, <laughs> On the, for, for that reason alone, I think that's the greatest comeback in the history of professional sports. Mm. Okay, definitely a hot take. Um, by one person, like, can you clarify your take? Is it a, is it the biggest comeback by a single person in sports, or just the greatest comeback in all of sports, like including team comebacks, like the greatest? <laughs> The greatest no, one player comeback? The single greatest comeback. Oh comeback. my goodness. I'll, I'll take it up a, little, a notch. The single greatest comeback by any human being in anything ever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, it's a hot take that I disagree with uh, because there's a couple of there's a couple of comebacks I can put over it. Five hundred um, million dollars. Yeah, dude. Um. Michael Jordan retired because he was $500 million in debt and lost his father <laughs> and then came back and won three championships in a row. So I'd, I'd put that comeback up against it. Um, Reggie Miller killed the Knicks, and in yeah, 11 but, seconds, he had a better comeback than Tiger Woods. No, but the difference is, the difference is, those guys were at their peak. Tiger, people, Tiger looked washed. He looked washed. And he was washed. No, all right, I get it. He was he was old when he did it. I mean, LeBron James down three one in the finals to put up the numbers that he put up. Shit, I, I get five hundred million. 
500 million what, bro? That's the number. Yeah, dude. If you if you lost five hundred million dollars tomorrow, you would not stop thinking about it till the day you died. Mm. This guy, this guy was lining up for the putt to win the Masters, and <laughs> thinking about how empty his wallet felt. I, I mean, it, the influx of money was probably not there, but I'm sure he had enough funds to um, hand deliver all the money that his wife asked for him, and oh. and continue to live his life. Um, I'm sure he was a broken man. I listen. I agree. It was a great comeback, but I think there have been greater comebacks in the history of sports. I think from a complete package of of addiction, two two dude. He beat two addictions, five hundred million dollars and injuries. What's the second addiction? I can't. I don't want to talk about it. But you guys, all right, you guys all right, all right. Anyway, okay. No, I, I, I agree it was a great comeback. I just don't think I, – I don't know if I can put it over. I mean, a Michael Jordan comeback where he retired and went to try baseball after losing his father. I mean, Michael Jordan lost money, but to lose your father that way and to, um, in a shared belief of this podcast, lose your father due to your own <laughs> actions, <laughs> um, that kind of pressure put on a person is definitely – um, I, I think definitely, in my opinion, a much lar- a larger burden to carry on oneself than to, you know, lose your you lose your wife and maybe your family life um, because of your actions and your addictions. But um, it's a hot take that I disagree with. <laughs> What's yours? All right. Here's my miscellaneous. I believe that there should be a new and exciting sport created for women. Now, if we have any women listeners, hear me out, okay? I, I, my sister plays Division One college basketball, all right? I am a fan of watching women's basketball. I watch WNBA games. I've been to WNBA games. I enjoy the game of basketball regardless of who it's played by. Look at this as a business opportunity. I think... There should be a different kind of sport created that would generate a lot more viewers, a lot more people's eyes glued to the television that women could play that would be more exciting. Not a sport necessarily cater to women, but maybe a new and fun, exciting sport. Um, Have you ever heard of the sport like slam ball, where there's like trampolines and then a basketball hoop? Right. Now, I think it would fail tremendously. But it's a, <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, you know, combining, I guess, fun things with a sport. Um, I, I do think women need more representation in sport. And also, um, if you want to talk golf, I don't think the LPGA and the PGA should be two different things. I think women I can golf just as well as men. I mean, if they're hitting it from the red tees, correct? <laughs> I'm serious. Like that's literally why they exist. Like it's not even about like it's not even about like should it be or shouldn't be. But continue. Oh, uh, I I think <laughs> there are. I think there are some sports. I think there are some non-contact sports where, like you know, if women are capable, they should be allowed to play. Um, not like a ba- like in a contact sport like a basketball or a football. Obviously not. Um, because harm could come out of that. 
and I don't. <laughs> I, I would rather not experiment with things like that. But I think um, the sports mind should come together and not change any sport that already exists for sure. Because I don't want to disrespect women in that aspect. But I think a sport should be created in which women could um, have financial gain from that would draw a lot of attention. So if the the big sport heads, sport minds could come up with something like that, I think it would be great. I'll take I'll take your take one step further. I would like to declare myself eligible for the slam ball draft. I think, <laughs> I think it's a great move for the for us vertically challenged fellows. Um, Are you identifying? <clears throat> <laughs> no, I'm talking about vertically challenged. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Right. I think that, that that was my take. We should incorporate it for not not just not just for women, but for all people. Who are <laughs> So, so I can also dunk a basketball in a game that counts for something. Not sure. I, 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 I would, I would very much love to see something like that. You know, those who have been called out and left out all their lives, picked last on the dodgeball fields. You know, th- those guys get a chance. The, the Rudies of the world. Couldn't be me. I can throw. <laughs> Sounds like you. Can't jump, but I can throw. <laughs> um, I agree. Um, so back to the front of our rotation. We're back to the NBA. Okay. And this take, I, it might not be a hot take. I really don't know. But this is gen- genuinely what I feel. And especially with the draft on the horizon, I think it could be an interesting talking point. My take is Lonzo Ball will have a better career than his younger brother, LaMelo. Mm. And the reason I say that is I see the the questions of LaMelo's jump shot right now. I see a lack of ability to finish at the rim. I see a lack of motor defensively. Um, I see a lack of understanding what to do off the ball on offense. Um, and obviously that will grow and become better with more experience. But I think besides playmaking, Lonzo does everything better than him at a higher level. Um, Lonzo hasn't even had a full offseason to – until this point to, to work on his body and his game, which he does now. Um, and he has a partner in Zion Williamson to, that will help elevate, that will bring out the best in him and while also making Zion better. So I think the combination, and obviously it depends where he gets drafted to, but I think he's going to end up getting drafted to a mediocre team where if they give him free reign to just do whatever he wants, he might not end up being what many people expect. So that is my take. Um. Definitely a hot take with how highly touted he is, um, even though his brother did come out, um, did go second in the draft coming out of UCLA. Um, but I think I would have to agree with you as a Lonzo Ball fan, and um, as of the way he plays the game defensively and um, the way he can run the point guard position to um, you know the old-fashioned tee of getting the ball out to his players and keeping the pace of the game. Um, I agree that he could have a better um, career than LaMelo, but I think if LaMelo can score and continue to score the way he had, you know, leading up playing in the big baller brand league, <laughs> I think he, I, I think if he can find a way to score and get that jump shot right in the NBA, I think he's a better shooter than Lonzo Ball. And I think that could expand his game um, much larger and especially if he gets free reign and is able to do what he wants, I mean, it could either hinder or serve as a learning 
experience for him. I mean, my thing is just like he shoots forty percent at the rim and like twenty five percent from three right now. So if you can't score from any level besides a floater from twenty feet, what do you like? Yeah, what are you good for? And what and how how does that take away from his playmaking if you're if they don't even have to respect you as a scorer? And ob- and maybe that'll come, and they probably will. But if it doesn't, how do they respect you as a scorer? So, no, I mean it happened for Lonzo Ball. Like, obviously, I mean the way Lavar has been training his kids and running their lives, it seems that gotten them all the way to the NBA, which is respectable. But once they get to the NBA and they're not playing the same kind of game that he's been pushing onto them, and the game kind of changes once you get to the highest level, the most professional level, um, it seems that they're in for reality checks. Um, I agree. Um, all right. Okay. No, no. I was gonna. I was gonna kick it back to you anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> here's here's my take of the NBA. Um, in NBA history. Now, here is where I feel I might hurt the audience, but listen through this. All right. Now, um, I don't think we've gotten a chance to do that on this podcast, but I would like to give a shout out, a rest in peace, to the late great Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and all those involved in the incident um, and how sad it was to start off 2020 leading to events that led to me and Mike creating this podcast. <laughs> um, and it only getting worse, it seems like. But here's here's what I want to do. Since Kobe had died, um, not that I'm over it, but I have seen a lot of pictures of him, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. Now, they are all close friends, but in regards to greatness, I don't believe Kobe Bryant belongs in that conversation. I think Kobe Bryant is barely a top 10 player of all time. Now, this conversation kind of bleeds into one of my miscellaneous, so I'll get one of those (laughs) out of the way as well. We should have two different subjects for how we grade athletes in any sport whatsoever. People people disrespect Bill Russell and don't put him in the top five or the top ten because they don't they don't think he had to do much. They always use the he had to play against small little white guys and whatnot. But to win eleven championships, to be the MVP most of the time and to also have coached the team that you played for to a championship has to say for something. And if you just read that on paper, sounds like greatness to me. So I think we should have a like most talented players of all time, as opposed to greatest players of all time. Kobe Bryant is without a doubt, one of the most talented players of all time in in greatness, the th- first three titles he won with Shaq, and they missed out on a fourth because, and he said this in his on his own in an exit meeting with um, Phil Jackson that year, they got rid of Shaq, that he was tired of being the sidekick. And he forced up a lot of shots in that finals and didn't give it to Shaq, who had won the past three finals MVPs and was obviously the most important player in those series and for that team to get to where they did. 
uh, in the finals, Kobe Bryant seems to shrink, whereas legends usually perform their best. Um, so in my opinion, he's not top 10. I could put 10 players over Kobe Bryant, um, especially people who have played in this era. With one MVP, um, with one league MVP, Kobe Bryant doesn't match up to the likes of a Tim Duncan or even a Shaq that he played with. Even though he does have more titles than Shaq, those first three that he won definitely mean more towards Shaq because he won the finals MVP and Kobe did not. So in my opinion, I mean, along with other factors, Kobe Bryant doesn't belong in the top 10 greatest of all time. But if we can separate and make lists between greatest and talented, Kobe Bryant definitely makes my talented list. This this guy killed two birds with one stone. Impressive. Um, <laughs> a little late McQueen reference. Cause two. Well, cause one. Maybe even cause three. All the cause. <laughs> Made a... Um, <laughs> I know, I Why'd think. you say cars too? <laughs> I didn't know which one you were specifically quoting. Cars the second. Um, Go ahead. No, I agree. I, I, I mean, you I agree? Think, no, no, not with the Kobe thing. In terms of like the grouping players thing, because I think like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Separating talent from production and results is a very different thing. Mm. But I, I mean, in regards to Kobe, I mean, I think that. It's it's hard to really like you said like it's so hard to group these players where they belong all time, mm-hmm. and like when you get him with the likes of like you said Duncan or Bird or Magic, even like Hakeem, um, th- those kind of players like it's so hard to really tier them. Right, it's really close after that first five. Right, so it, I think it's very subjective, which is why like. Mm. But I would agree that it's a hot take. I don't know where I personally fall on the subject, but I do, I do agree with your notion yeah. that it is a hot take. So that that is where I will leave it. Before I mean, I don't want to give any disrespect. I would put if I had to put him in the top ten, he'd be either nine or ten. But if I in my personal final list, like if I had to make a list that agreed with everyone else, like a consensus list, then I'd put him in the top ten for sure because there'd be too many people saying yes, um, as opposed to saying no, which makes it a hot take. However, in my personal top ten of all time, greatest greatest players of all time, I, I I don't have him in there. No slight to him or his game. I just think there are players that have been better than him. Since we're talking about all time greats, I have a perfect segue. This is my NFL hot take number two. I feel like and this might, won't be. <laughs> it might be a little. It might be a little biased. It might be a little emotionally based. But here it goes. Devin Hester is one of the greatest football players to ever live. Oh, what? And before you react that way. Already did. Let me tell you why. When I was a, when I was a young child playing Madden. Yes. You are a young I child. To, I used to go into practice mode and return kickoffs with Devin Hester. What kickoff returner besides primetime Deion Sanders, New York Yankee, ever had that kind of power? <laughs> Not only did he come into the league as a cornerback before transitioning to wide receiver, he retired as the all-time leader in punt-slash-kick returns for touchdowns, including the opening kickoff of, I forgot what Super Bowl exactly it was. However, they were playing the Indianapolis Colts, and I thought it was very cool. that Chicago after that, was. After the national anthem and all the, the planes flying overhead, 
Like that man <laughs> and all the planes. That man took that ball and ran like Adam Vinatieri wasn't even there. So mm. that's my take. Okay. The phrasing is weird because I know you don't mean it necessarily. I know you don't mean that he's one of the greatest football players of all time. In in the in like the truest sense of that sentence. What if I told you that I did? I'd have to make a 30 for 30 on it because it's insane to have that kind of opinion. Sure. He's one of the greatest returners of all time and definitely one of the greatest, if you want to group it, special teams players of all time. However, the amount of great defensive and offensive players that heavily outweigh the role that Devin Hester played on any team that he ever played on. <laughs> gives no proof to Devin. I, did you say this as a joke? Because it really like my truest rea- my true reaction, my initial reaction was the truest reaction, and it actually did hurt to hear you say something like that. Because Devin Hester isn't the he, he, that it's just wrong. It's wrong. It's what? blasphemous. It's not a hot take. Let me say that. Let me start off by saying that it's not a hot take because when no one's the, even had the take. Exactly. So it's flaming hot. When is no, the it's last, not flaming uh, hot. Right, when is it's a newborn take. When's the last? What's the what's the last kickoff for a touchdown? You remember? You remember? You remember? I'll do one better. You remember the miracle at the Meadowlands Part Two? Not Herm Edwards. Deshaun yeah. Jackson. Not Herm Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. Now imagine doing that seventeen times. Okay. Yeah, that's a greatness, dude. If you don't like this take, you're gonna not every time. Not every time. This isn't your worst NFL take. take. Um, the, the, the my next NFL take is also very hot. I mean, it might be a good one, but I'll just do it now while we're here. On the okay. subject of NFL flaming hot takes, this one involves a former Jet. Also, Wait, oh my God, I don't even want to hear it anymore. Also, yeah. a former a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Any names come to mind? <laughs> no, I'm scared. Known for his famous slant rep, Santonio Holmes. <laughs> I, what my, could the take be? My third NFL hot take. If you guys remember that throw that Ben Roethlisberger made. Against the Arizona Cardinals and former Walmart employee Kurt Warner, Antonio <laughs> Holmes made a fantastic toe drag catch, <laughs> a catch that I, Isaiah knows, have I molded my NFL game after. The toe, the toe Your drag. what game after? My, my Your volleyball NFL game. <laughs> my university volleyball game. Um, oh, okay. Um, story time again. Um, when me and Isaiah both play volleyball. Uh, I used to take turns throwing the volleyball to each other and catching the ball and then screaming out whatever player had last made a clutch play on the sideline. I think, I think it was – um, who was it? It was Danny Amendola or something like that. Jordy, Jordy Nelson. Oh, it was Jordy Nelson, one of those white receivers. Right. One of the few. <laughs> McCaffrey. Anyway, let me get back to the main take. I said that that's Antonio Holmes catch might have been the greatest – and most clutch catch in any sport involved in catching. Okay. Based on degree of difficulty, as well as what was on the line. All right. Um, way, Willie Mays' catch. No. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wait, you're I, kidding? <laughs> I don't know if I'm kidding because I don't run my take, but uh, Santonio Holmes, greatest catch of all time. Most clutch. Most clutch catch of all time. Combining degree of difficulty with the moment. All right. Um, as the resident Giants fan, 
I'm going to have to disagree. If you say Mario, Ma- oh, I'm not David Tyree's helmet David catch. Tyree, ah, slipped your mind. Mario Manningham had a good catch, but that was just a great ball from Eli Manning. Right. But this ball that Eli like- Manning threw, David Tyree, may have been the worst ball ever thrown in a Super Bowl. In any throwing uh, sport, <laughs> a great, a great, a great escape, a great escape from the pocket to get the ball off. However, I I think that may be a more clutch catch than Santonio Holmes' catch. Um, and I also I also would say that Santonio Holmes um, did make a good catch, but the the deal. I mean, the throw from Ben Roethlisberger squeezing it into that corner of the end zone um, also gets a lot of credit for that play. Um, so I don't think it's the most clutch catch in catching sports, sports that require catching. <laughs> um, Including cricket. Also, okay, that's fine. You can also include cricket. Um, how disrespectful of you um, to disrespect the dive from Derek Jeter in the ALDS in 2001. Um, that, was, that was not the ALDS, nor was it 2001, I don't think. <laughs> that wasn't 2001? Was it? Dude, I feel like that was so much more recent. When was that? Oh, no, that was two, that was, that was like, carry okay, on. so that was against the Red Sox, right? Yeah, carry on, I'll look it up. <laughs> I think two, all right, 2004 then, right? Didn't they play the Red Sox in 2004? I think it was, like, I think it was a regular season game. Like, yeah. It was July first, two thousand four, so mid season. All right, but so I wasn't that actually, far off. <clears throat> actually, and the reason I can discount that catch as as uh, okay, go ahead. Greatest sports catch of all time is because I have it framed on my it's wall. Because... <laughs> I looked at it many times, but I'm telling you right now, if I had a picture of Antonio Holmes catch, I know I'd put it on my wall. All right, well, I wouldn't put it over the David Tyree catch for sure, and I wouldn't put it over Ahmad Rashad's. Um, Ahmad Rashad's catch, uh, his Hail Mary catch. Um, also, you should look that catch up. Ahmad Rashad, famous for inside stuff in the NBA um, in the 90s and a best friend of Michael Jordan, um, was also a former NFL player who had one of the most tremendous catches ever caught on film in catch in, in the sports that require catching within them. <laughs> <laughs> Including cricket or no? Including cricket, Understood. who we weren't going to bring up regardless. How do you, dude? You don't even know what my right. miscellaneous take is, and you're saying that we're not going to talk about cricket. Okay, I'd be willing to put up a Michael Jordan sum of money, of betting money, that it isn't about cricket. So I'm going to go with my NFL takes now. Um, I'll do two of my NFL takes. First, this season, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger will hoist the Vincent Lombardi Trophy. Now, I don't think I've said this before on the podcast, but if I'm not rooting for the Giants, um, through my somewhat extensive research of NFL and the NFL history, the Pittsburgh Steelers historically are one of my favorite teams outside of the Giants. Um, like Mean Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, how those much, old guys. How much, how much what? Fact, how much is their coach factor into it? The current coach? I, I think them currently having an African-American coach um, definitely helps me um, enjoying the team and liking the team and having looked up the history of the team. Um, so I do, I do like that part. Um, I think they're five and oh, they're one of the three teams that are five and oh between the Titans, um, which we spoke about the Seahawks. Um, and then it's them. Um, I think Chase Claypool is the second coming 
of Quincy Anunua? <laughs> no, Quincy Anunua isn't even the second coming San- of himself. Santonio Holmes? No, we're not bringing up Santonio Holmes. Oh, since David Tyree, I think Chase Claypool is going to be a stud in this league for years to come. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a great player, and I'm also a big fan of James Conner, um, especially with him overcoming overcoming cancer, overcoming overcoming cancer. The second greatest comeback in all time, or the first, (laughs) or Eric Berry coming back playing a year and then getting kicked out of the league um, after having Hodgkins. Um, So that's that's my take for this NFL season. Here's my third take, which I was saving as my best take for the NFL. I am a fan of the Giants. Correct. Um, Now, Mike is a fan of the Jets, who are the only team in the NFL that are winless. And let's keep it that way, baby. Yes. The Trevor Lawrence sweet sakes. Um, but um the Giants also play in the worst division in football and historically the worst division in oh, football. Oh no way. <clears throat> no, I don't think you know what I'm about to say. <clears throat> really? Dwayne the Rock Johnson has recently purchased and owns is the commissioner of the XFL, that's right. The XFL, the combination of football and the theatrics of wrestling come and together. X. <laughs> and X. <laughs> uh, football League and X, Extreme Football League, um, have come together now. If the trend continues and these teams being terrible, and um, we even saw last year um, that guy, not P.J. Washington, he's a, he's a basketball player. Um but we saw people like come from oh, the yeah, XFL and go into um like become like members on teams um in the NFL. Like I went to the Carolina Panthers last year. Um and I guess that trend could continue, but I think over the course of the next five years, if the XFL can build up um, you know, bring a fantasy aspect to their um to their league and gain enough attention behind um Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think that they could, I don't think they would ever rival the NFL because of the powerhouse that it is um, and how many players they get, but I think that maybe there could be a second merger in the history of the NFL since they they formed and merged with the AFL um, and in fact, stripping the Giants of four titles they won in 1928, 1937, and two in the 50s. <clears throat> so we actually have eight titles. Um, but <laughs> I think, just got to throw that out there, but I think that um, maybe with as bad as the teams are and with maybe someone going bankrupt, I think that an XFL team could be adopted into the NFL and a somewhat merger would happen in which the best players of the XFL join a team and play in the NFL. Dude, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that, as long as they don't get the first pick in this year's draft. <laughs> no, it wouldn't happen this year. Um, 2022. How hard does that take? No, they'll be there in the next five years, maybe. Um, <laughs> I think that's a Out really of left field, take. huh? Yeah. Out I of left field. It's a really hot take. I thought you were going to say the Giants making the playoffs. Um, oh, what? This year? Maybe oh, the, no. I mean, it could have been a hot take. I thought of hot takes, but I didn't think of the impossible. 
Um, I mean, you're dead because I don't think any XFL team is coming to the NFL anytime soon. That's why I gave it five years. I gave it five. They're beating the Jets by 50. (laughs) That's all I know. So hopefully it doesn't happen for the embarrassment of my New York Jets. The Houston Roughnecks. (laughs) Is that their team name for real? That's their team name, the Houston Roughnecks. I know New Um, York has millions. On um on your Steelers take though, like I don't even think that's that hard of a take. Like I think that with with that defense and Ben mm-hmm. looking like, I mean every time he throws a ball, he shakes his hand a little bit. So I don't know what that exactly means. Not really, not really a doctor, but um I think they should keep giving the ball to Claypool and uh, let Juju go to the Jets. So oh my goodness, <laughs> everything is Jets with you. They can't yeah, just yeah, have yeah. everyone. They can't. They don't have, have any. Yeah, they don't have anyone. But so they have to have exactly. Someone. No, that that means don't give them everyone because look what they did with the everyone that they had. They make them no one. <laughs> All right. So, um, but yeah, that defense I do enjoy a lot. They did just lose Devin Bush though. I want to point that out. So that could put quite a damper in that take. Um, but I've had this take from kind of like, like week <laughs> three in the NFL season, not week one, but like week three in the NFL they season. They beat the Giants. I was I was scared of um Ben Roethlisberger like not being good enough. Uh, I had this, I had similar concerns, which is why I didn't Seems cast him well, in fantasy in my seasons in the garbage. Oh, let's not talk about half and check marks. That's my miscellaneous. <laughs> Yo, I hope not I'll end the pod as soon as you say. Um, Alvin and the ch- <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Shooter Podcast. <laughs> um, how many miscellaneous do you have left? One. Um, because if you have one more, I'll get one out. The yeah, way. I do have one. I do have one. I do have one left. All right. So this is this one. This one is a little bit different. Um, it's not exactly about. It's about a sport, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about a professional. Well, uh, it's not about a professional sport exactly. It's about my performance in this sport. It might be a hot take, but I don't think it's a hot take because I'm confident in my ability. It might not. It might not seem like a hot take because no one knows who you are and what you're capable of. But go ahead. Correct, but anyone who knows what I'm capable of knows that this is not a hot take. <laughs> Gun to my head, life on the line. I believe I can bowl a perfect game. What? That's my take. Okay. A gun to your head right now, you could bowl a perfect game? Correct. Yeah, that's insane. Like, it's how many how many chances do you get? How many chances do you get? The guy with the gun did not specify. Oh, okay, that's what I'm saying. You <laughs> love to create the scenarios where anything you need to happen can happen. You can't just say that. You can't just say you'll bowl a perfect game. Gun to my head while a guy watches me practice for the course of two years. <laughs> the gun fully loaded for two years. We become the best of friends, yet he still has to shoot me if I don't bowl a perfect game within the next two years. It's not fair for you to create a scenario like that. I'm sure you can learn. How to bowl a perfect game though? How to bowl a perfect strike and do it almost every time? It's like it's like when you're a kid and you're playing basketball in the backyard. It's like Charles has a ball with three seconds left. He shoots. Yeah. He misses to get the rebound. He misses again. There's point one <laughs> left. How do you get a shot off? It's good. <laughs> and um, but in this scenario, the first try, I will knock down all the pins. Uh, was it thirteen times in a row? Is that what you gotta do? Yeah, you gotta turkey at the end. Yeah, well, that's what I'll do. I don't <laughs> think you will. Though. I, what what makes you say that? Not only will I leave the bowling okay. alley without being shot in the head, but also 
I will, I'll be walking out with a T-shirt that says, I rolled a perfect game, and I put my picture on the, on the wall. I rolled a 300. <laughs> um, That's, okay. That Really? I'm telling you right now. I've been bowling with you before in the past. And I won. Uh, okay, winning is not what we're talking about right now, right. though. I, didn't, I did not want to embarrass you guys in that nice bowling alley. Oh, my goodness. That, right. that, in that neighborhood. <laughs> in that neighborhood. Uh, let me say this, Mike. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever bowled a perfect game before in your life? Uh, answer no. truthfully, and I promise you can answer quickly. So don't, uh, yeah. yes, yes or I no. Have. I have. I'm sorry. I have. Oh, my God. You lied on the podcast. You did, you, you did, not, you did not specify on what platform. Oh, have. my goodness, bro. Okay. In, in, Never bowled in a 300 head. in his life I without a remote, without a remote control in his hand. Okay. <laughs> didn't, clarify, didn't clarify. I uh, didn't need to clarify. You weren't talking about we. You were talking about real bowling. And so, I, I, <laughs> why would you even say this? This is completely impossible. It's and it might, and it might have been the hottest it, take of the episode. So I, I don't know. It's definitely. It's. I guess you win the hot take. <laughs> that's that's what I'm here for. I guess I'll give you the hottest of hot takes, um, for that. But yeah, you definitely could not. I think gun to both of our heads. I think I could out. I think I could out bowl you, bro. Do you remember the? Do you remember the guy on the Twitter? The bowling guy. He goes, "Whatever you think you are, I am." The other yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am, bro. If I ever did that in a bowling alley, oh man, dude. dude. But the thing is, if you train that long to learn how to bowl a perfect strike, I'd be talking after every strike. That'd probably be the most fun, dude. But also, uh, <laughs> also a sport where you have to wear a glove to protect your hand from, like, I don't know, arthritis. I like I, it's it's probably the most carpal tunnel. Most, yeah, the most the most bitch sport that you could possibly be great at. Also, Damn. didn't talk about cricket the whole time. Um, however, I, I would. One more take. No, <laughs> you don't. Could be cricket. <laughs> um, I, all right. Here's some... one more. Wait, what? I was going to say my last miscellaneous. All right. Yeah. All right. Do that and I have one more. Okay. This is going to definitely um, hurt the masses. I think what the NBA did this year, um, including politics, not politics, but including what they did in sports with the whole um, social justice movement that occurred and and transmitting that into um, the NBA game, like on the courts, making it visible, um, spreading a message that was obviously right, um, was a great thing to do. However, I feel as if those messages by the opposing side um, of the views on that message um, may turn and make those kind of messages political. And in turn, they may fight and champion for their own freedom of speech in sports in order to spread their messages. And the the way sports um, would be combated and looked at would completely change if politics ever entered the sports arena. And so I believe that there should be a separation of of politics and sports. And I don't think that 
I don't think that politics should be talked about in sports, like like put on the court and stuff like that. I don't think that stuff is safe because of the kind of backlash that it could get from either of the opposing sides. So I think in order to not incite the opposite side to, um, you know, get political in their team and their team views and for the owners to start getting political, because we know that there isn't much representation for certain sides in um, the owning of sports and owners in sports, I think to avoid all that in general would um, save, save probably lives. I mean, people die over being sports fans already, um, especially in Philadelphia. Like, um, don't the Eagles have like a jail underneath their like their stadium to yeah, like really? lock? Yeah, I think they have a jail to lock people away until either the end of games or like until they're actually released. So I should put, put Zachary's right in the middle. Of it. <laughs> leave him down there until he learns how to catch a football again. No, he does. He does belong there. Um, and Greg Ward should be held as the greatest receiver of all time. Or I, mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I think that's an interesting take. I mean, I don't know. Well, wait, I mean, I, let me clarify. Like, I don't, that doesn't mean like LeBron James don't go and talk about politics on your own. That's not what I'm saying. Mean, like, like a league initiated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, like how the NBA did the whole social justice thing with the Breonna Taylor stuff and allowing them to like, you know, spread messages if that were to ever grow. Right, which I see people enjoying the fact that that happened and changed, then I think that would, like, if it got political whatsoever, I think that would be scary for what sports could mean. That's interesting. I mean, I get it. I, I don't know if I necessarily mm-hmm. agree just because, like, I mean, I think the reason that those kind of things are talked about so much is because, like, it's extremely, like, prevalent and just giving a platform to it. So by, like, the leagues and players being like quiet about it, like it might not get as much notoriety as it deserves as a cause. And I don't think like, I don't think like the opposing views are in a similar position. Whereas like those views have like prevailed for <laughs> have all the time in the world to prevail. So, I mean, like I get like, no, no, but I, I, like, but what I'm, I'm not saying that like, like, I'm not saying that the, those, like the social justice messages, I don't think are political messages, right, right? Right, right? I think those are just like human responsibilities that everyone should follow. And I think peace and love are definitely things that everyone should preach. However, like when you go deeper into those, the feelings that other side may have on those certain topics may get political. You know, and everything turns into politics one way or another, every subject. And so I think yeah. that would be dangerous for the other side who, like, I mean, I, I guess we could say we're a pretty liberal podcast, right, in our views and whatnot. So not that the other side is dangerous and not that the far left uh... isn't dangerous. Oh, okay. Well, not that the far left and far right aren't dangerous in their own rights. <laughs> okay. Um, staying neutral here. But what I'm saying is, like, it could, if it got too political, then it'd just be another arena for politics to fight over. And that's not what I want out of sports. Hmm. Let's see. No, I think I've ruffled enough feathers today. I'll leave it alone. Um, <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, 
my my last miscellaneous hot take. My I don't know I don't know how you're gonna react to this, and I don't think you might agree you're gonna agree with me, and it might not even be a hot take depending on who you ask. But I said, though he can't read, Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer to ever put on gloves, and my reason for that is because when you look at Muhammad Ali, right? You look mm-hmm. at Mike Tyson. You look at Evander Holyfield, even though he's not on the level of Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali. You see I think people, I would expect it different. I think he's. I think he's there. Or Roy Jones Jr. could be there. Right. You see people who combine elite speed with a, with knockout power, right? Mm-hmm. And for Floyd to never lose, and everyone get, and just taking down champion after champion after he came onto the scene without knockout power is so impressive, especially because of his frame and his size, to not get hit, but also to beat champion after champion and to keep defending your title and never lose, knowing that you're not the guy who's going to... Like, you can get bailed out in a fight. Not to say that Tyson got bailed out, right? Or Muhammad Ali got bailed out. But if you're not fighting your best on a certain night and you hit that right hook, you have the power to end a fight in the first round. And Mm -hmm. Floyd does not have that luxury. He has to be perfect for for every round, every minute he's in that ring. So when you take that into account, I, I think that he, he um, many people not might not like him for the man that he is or the way he carries himself outside of the ring and the arrogance that he carries himself with. Like, I think that his talent and skill, given his, like what you could argue is below average physique in the sport of boxing, can arguably make him the greatest to ever do it. Um... Whether or not that's a hot take, I can't really pinpoint. I'm sure it's somewhat of a hot take, and here's the reason why: is because, like um, maybe a basketball or like any other sport, it's hard really to um, compare eras. You know, sometimes you'll look at who they got to fight in their day, the kind of boxers they went up against, like how good the competition was then. But you can never really pit boxer against boxer up. Um, over like over time and in different eras and i think with boxing like um like mixed martial arts being the ultimate combat sport where it's it's literally just physically like trying to hurt your opponent to the point of submission and or loss um it's a it's a different kind of it's a different kind of like sport than the rest of the others in order to compare um, but I, I think Floyd Mayweather's record speaks for itself. I think having zero losses, being one of the greatest defensive fighters, um, of all time, defensive boxers of all time. Um, I would have to agree with you. He's definitely in the conversation for it, um, for greatest boxer of all time. Um, that undefeated is really glaring, you know, um, I am a Muhammad Ali fan. I am an Evander Holyfield fan. More recently, I've become a Roy Jones Jr. fan because I saw him going up against Mike Tyson, and I want to put money on that fight so bad. <laughs> and I think Mike Tyson's going to be the favorite in that fight. So um, even though Roy Jones like stopped fighting a little um, less far back than Mike Tyson did, I know the hype around Mike Tyson is going to be insane, and he is one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, so with the research I've put in, <laughs> I think um, 
you know, you have to give Floyd Mayweather his credit. He, like you said, he is cocky off out outside of the ring, but like he has backed it up. He's put down everyone that's been put in front of him, whether it's gone a decision or whether, um, like TKO, like he he's done it. So I, I agree with you. I I, <laughs> I I don't know if I agree with you, but I it, it's I don't know if it's a hot take because of the zero losses, but he he's definitely in the conversation. He his name must be brought up every time, which is a lot to say. <laughs> I agree. And our, I have you have one more NBA take. Yeah. All right, let's do it real quick. All right, my my last my last NBA take um, is this. Steph Curry will win two more NBA championships before, <laughs> before it's all said and done. I think that the Warriors had he had a year to rest. Clay coming back from that ACL. Draymond basically got a year off doing TNT and whatever he was doing. A high draft pick. They have Minnesota's draft pick next year, which is arguably the best not arguably, the best draft asset in the NBA right now. Um they they have all the tools to to reload and, and to make a legitimate run in the West next year. And with that draft pick looming next year, who knows what that can turn into? And all of a sudden you have another mini dynasty on your hands. So that's my last hot take. Two more championships for Steph Curry before it's all said and done. Um, I mean, the Warriors are in a great position. I just don't know if as tough as the West is, as tough as the NBA is going to get, in my opinion, next year. Um, I don't know if they can pull out championships. They're hard to achieve. Um, I don't think the greatness of Steph Curry is over. I don't think he's out of his prime. I think he's still the kind of player that we think he is, that we saw him to be, and just him being gone made us forget a little bit, along with Klay Thompson. Um, so I disagree with you, and them winning at, at, with them winning two championships, with Steph Curry winning two championships. But um, I don't know, maybe if he goes and joins a, another team, he could possibly win, but I don't think the Warriors themselves will get it done. All right, my last take in the NBA the National Basketball Association. Uh, upon further thought, in the last podcast, I talked about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, and I had Michael Jordan over LeBron. Um, and I said there was no way he could eclipse him. Well, little did I think that if I just thought about the topic a little more, <laughs> there's a way he could eclipse him. <laughs> um, and I think he already has. Um, this championship does mean something, but I think that it's not what pushed him over the edge for me. What I, when I analyzed basketball players and just like people over the course of time, the reason I like Ben Simmons so much is because the way I measure greatness is how much you can bring out of another player and of the players around you. Now, Michael Jordan was a great winner, the greatest winner of all time. Um, besides like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who basically never lost before he got to the NBA. Um, and Michael Jordan was a great winner and was able to will his teams to win. But LeBron, since day one, has always been team first and always been about the team. And basketball is a team sport. And I think the way, like there have been other guys who are able to make people better. Magic Johnson could make guys better. Uh, Jason Kidd, some of the greatest point guards of all time, could make people better. But the thing with LeBron James is it's always been just get LeBron James shooters. Get LeBron James Ray Allen at the end of his prime. You know, and he'll hit the big shot because LeBron, 
like that ball is going to get to him, whether it be Chris Bosh or LeBron passing it. But LeBron James, besides being able to make players better, he's so good being able to carry the role as the best player that he not only makes players better, but is able to weaponize players. When, like, he came to the Lakers, and even at his old age, um, he just said, get me Anthony Davis. He, like, trade the whole team away. Great young assets and, like, Brandon Ingram. Trade the whole team away and Lonzo Ball. Trade the team away and give me Anthony Davis, and I will get a championship out of this. Get me Danny Green, who can hit a shot, and I'll make a championship out of this. KCP, you just got to stand there and hit shots. Like, it all revolves around him no matter what team he goes to. The offense is not catered to an entire team. It's catered to LeBron and what he can do to weaponize the people around him. And I think that's never been done before, and not that it can't be done in the future, but I think that skill to be able to weaponize players is what makes him the greatest of all time. I can't even disagree. Yeah, I think that is a very – I don't even think that's that hot of a take, to be honest. Well, it's a hot take, but I agree with you. So, <laughs> for whatever, for what that's worth. Um, but on that note, that wraps up our hot takes episode. Our three-hour hot take episode. Three hours, yeah, basically. Um, but I think this was a great listen. I mean, I think that we. I hope you guys thought our takes were hot enough, um, or or bold enough for that matter. Um, but we really enjoyed thinking up, thinking about these takes. We we took a few days ourselves to even try to figure out what we were gonna say. Um, yeah, so hopefully, tough. so hopefully you guys enjoyed our takes. Agree, disagree? Let us know uh, on Twitter at Chulis Joe's Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ Smoothie Seventeen. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Isaiah, I-S-A-I-H-2-3-6-20. If you liked what you heard or if you didn't like what you heard, if you heavily disagree with what you heard, share it with a friend. Tell them these idiots on this podcast said the craziest thing. They said that Devin Hester is one of the greatest football players of all time. And there's no way you're going to believe that he said it and tried to back it up. But he did. On punt returns. And he did. So tell him that he did. And help him listen. Tell him to skip to the part because it's deep enough in to where if you skip to it, it counts as a listen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Shoeless Joe's podcast, guys. And we'll catch you guys next week. To come Rosie, tell me to come So she didn't have a daughter, she didn't have a son She said the lift doesn't work, run up the stairs and come And if you don't come quick, you're not gonna know that's fun So I grab a bunch of rose and that Trouble double double, 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 double.